Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This week on Two Girls, One Podcast, we take you on the inside of a catfishing factory, which is a lot like that time Mr. Rogers showed us the inside of a crayon factory but with significantly more dick pics. And now here are the hosts who are exactly who they claim to be. Unfortunately, Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. Hello and welcome everybody. I'm Lindsay. I'm and this is Two Girls, One Podcast, the show where we talk about weird, cool communities on the internet. Yeah, today uh, we're kind of looking at not exactly a community, but like a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a staple of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's an old school, new school phenomenon. It's, it's a, honestly... A tale as old as time. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we're not talking about Beauty and the Beast, or are we? No, she was she was sort of like reverse catfished, you know, yeah, in she Beauty was, and the Beast. She was Stockholm syndrome, but but yeah, I mean, but yes, that too. But like, yeah. fell in love with a beast, and then whoops, it's a hot prince, you know. Usually, it's oh. usually it's like I'm a hot prince, I'm a beast. Yeah. Is that a, is that catfishing though? Isn't catfishing just like you're not Pretending who you say to be you someone are? Someone you're not. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You pretended to be a hot manly beast, and then you were kind of like a soft boy with blonde hair. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fine. Well, today we're looking at catfishing. Yes. But specifically, catfishing factories. I, uh, Which is I wild. Guess, I didn't yes, even know these existed. So I didn't know it existed. But I'm not surprised. And then I read this article and I was like, of course this exists. Yeah. But it's also very exploitative. Yeah. It's, it's, it's when you get into it, like at first you're like, yeah, dudes suck. <laughs> but then it's like, oh man, this is like just a lonely person looking for connection. Yeah. yeah. Lonely older man. Yeah. Okay. But we should tell everyone. So there are, I mean, you know, and they're hiring people from poor countries and paying them nothing. And they're, it's basically people are paid to imitate young sexy women and catfish men not even just young just like <laughs> sexy women of all ages i like that you use uh, your grandmother voice young sexy women <laughs> sexy ladies sexy yeah. ladies at the penny arcade so, no but it's like they're paid to chat all day and sometimes it'll be multiple employees under or not employees i suppose freelancers under one profile but it's these sites where men are going, lonely men um, are going to chat with women and none of the women are real and the men don't know. And it's a whole fucking business in a move surprising no one. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable that it 
honestly took this long. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I think people were still using, I guess, 900 numbers until recently, which honestly, 900 numbers seem a lot more straightforward than this situation that we're about to talk about. Yeah. 900 numbers. You like knew you were getting a call girl that you're paying by the minute. This is like these people somehow think these women are real and like want to meet them. And sometimes, yeah, the the article was wild. Yeah. It's I, I get, I would be tricked. You know what I mean? It doesn't even seem like they're trying not to trick people. I don't know. But, it's, but it's, I think the 900, the sex line analogy is interesting because like all you have to be on the other end, like, like the customer thinks they're talking to a young, sexy lady, as Ali <laughs> put it. But that person, all that person needs to do is have a feminine sounding voice. They could be any age, gender, whatever yeah. to titillate the customer. So it's not one to one, but it is the beginning of this long, <laughs> this long industry, the catfishing industrial complex, perhaps. Yeah, and it. I'm sure this it, like dates back even longer ago. Ooh, you can't letter ta- writing. You can't convince me that there weren't like letter writing scams. Obviously, yeah. there there have been. Like people would be like, "Yes, I am a hot." Eastern European woman and I'm in love with you. I'm a Nigerian prince. Yeah. It's like, send me a physical check, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. happened. Send me a gold nugget from the frontier. Yeah, I think these are like the same things. And, but unfortunately, like everything, it's enabled it to move faster and wider reach. But I am way too eager to share the background here, which is that we found this article from the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. And the title of the article is, Please Acknowledge the Dick Inside a Catfishing Factory. You know. So apparently if you are a worker at these catfishing factories, one of your instructions is please acknowledge the dick. This was researched by Jasper Jackson, Neve McIntyre, and Chrissy Giles, I believe. Well, we didn't actually get if it's Giles or Giles, but I think it's Giles. We're speaking to Jasper and Neve today, and I'm and they went essentially undercover into this catfishing factory, which is funny because literally everybody that works there is undercover. Everyone's undercover. Nobody has a real identity. (laughs) Double undercover. Yeah. Yeah. What happens if you're double undercover? (laughs) I I like the the idea that you get some kind of instructive paperwork from your job and it's yes, polite and it says, but it says please acknowledge, please acknowledge the, dick. the dick yeah that is yeah wow mm. only certain only a few professions are going to have that specific directive in them and mm-hmm. one of them is the oldest profession in the world right right if you, if if prostitution was legalized and regulated what does the hr department at a brothel do and say you know can't, what I mean? Can't wait to find out. I would love I, to know that. I look forward to the day when all sex workers have unions. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Something that got pitched to me through my Instagram algorithm is that this woman went to a strip club with their male friend who had apparently never been to a strip club. And he was like, did you know they're contracted? They don't have a union. 
<laughs> and she was like, we're trying to yeah. throw bands. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, on a, on a similar note, I'm fascinated by the legalization of weed for some of those reasons. And, sure, yeah. And it's insane that some people are still in jail for weed and yeah. then I can go buy it at the corner store, literally oh my on my corner, Rose Dispensary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, You know I'm going to get upset about this, but it's fine. <laughs> it's upsetting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. There was an article that came out where all these white moms were like, smoking weed makes me a better parent. And then someone commented, <laughs> all these black fathers in prison probably agree, <laughs> but they're in prison. Yeah. So, That's an amazing clapback. Well, and there's a movement to employ formerly inc- people who are incarcerated for weed. Oh, that's right. There's yeah, I, I had employ them at weed companies, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's insane. But it makes 1000% sense. Yeah. Legit. I mean, you're saying this, but I'm actually like blown away to actually hear it out loud. Like weed is legal, but they're not exonerating. I mean, I guess they quote unquote broke the law at the time when it was illegal. In yeah. certain states, it's still illegal. So yeah, yeah, I guess right. But I guess if you broke the law in California, also for anyone who's gotten high, it's like so silly that that right. was so right. demonized. Being high is so much safer and like better for Chiller society than, than being yeah. drunk. Yeah, I've like, never heard of anyone getting in a weed fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> Truly, <laughs> just so you know. You weed, you just kind of hang out and, and eat cookies. It's not mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, back to the dick. Um, so I'm pretty <laughs> excited about this for some obvious reasons. Uh, I think it's it's wild, and we're gonna get all the details from our guests, and I'm pretty excited about it. I wonder if it's gonna be. You know how those there are people who are like married to their like mirrors and stuff. Did we talk about that on the show? Like people what? who have romantic attachments to to objects, objects and things like that. I pitched this actually, but okay. it's hard. It's to actually find those very people. few cases. There's not really a community. I went down a wormhole really trying to find an someone angle. to talk to. Yeah, yeah, there's a woman who married the uh, Eiffel Tower. <laughs> oh, yikes. Um, there are people who fuck their cars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so do you think I, I, I'm wondering, hopefully we'll get some info about this. I'll remember to ask. But like, are there people who fall in love with these personas, then maybe find out that they're real, but like can't let go of it and then just proceed to have an imaginary relationship with these mm-hmm. women in their minds or in their journals. Right. And like, is that enough? If you're just looking for some sort of companionship or sounding board, cause you don't have that. Is it enough to like intellectually know it's fake, but you still play along? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting stuff too. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, like for some people, would would they rather believe? In the lie. A lot of people yeah. would. I wow. wonder often what I'm lying to myself about. <laughs> I'll tell you later. You know? Will you though? Will you? No, will you? I don't Because I want to know. I want to know too. Know. Things I want to know that no one will ever tell you. Does my breath smell bad? No, it doesn't. Mm. Also, oh, you're so low down. Nobody knows. No, it doesn't. Nobody knows. It doesn't. We, we See, I smell everybody's smell breath there. and most of y'all... You got bad breath. It's fine. Wait, really? I don't think it's breath. I think you're smelling something else down there. You're it's you're way down there. You no, know I'm what I'm not saying? that you know far down, Matt. She's I know where the, the loft is She's coming from. Buttholes. You're like They're that butts. breath coming out of They're your butts. butt is not good. Butts. <laughs> you know what's funny is like lipstick makes women's breath smell bad. Oh, like men don't know because they're mostly above the breath line, but I know. <laughs> I'm below it. 
<laughs> Lindsay's smelling people's armpits and thinking it's yeah. I'm not, I'm not smelling people's armpits. I avoid that. But that's where she's located. Some people's armpits okay. do smell bad, but um, but not yours, Allie. You smell great. Um, thank you. And then I want to know what is it about my personality that's off-putting. You know what I mean? Like you can't really tell someone because it's <laughs> integral to who they are. But there's some things about the people that you care about that you're like, wow. I wish you didn't do that thing, you know? And it's like, you can't tell them because it's going to hurt them. But I want to know. I want right, to off, be off hurt air, just though, a little bit. I need bit. you to tell me. I need you to tell me. Yeah. Same, same, same. <laughs> I've told you what I think your flaws are. I've told you. I'm going to tell both of you. Both of you have a, have a huge flaw, and that is uh, you're, you could be better at trivia. You could be much better at trivia, <laughs> oh. which I'm about to give you right now. All right, let's hear it. Segway, baby. How'd Yay. you like that one? Pretty good. Oh, my gosh. Masterful, Pretty Matt. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Uh, today's episode is about catfishing, as we've discussed, which is the practice of tricking someone into thinking you're someone else on the internet. Today's trivia is about actual catfish, the animal, uh, specifically... The Soramicthes planips planiceps. Are you okay? What? I should, what? <laughs> what did you just what? say? I'm, say I'm, smelling to, I'm smelling toast. Uh, this is the <laughs> species name of this fish. I don't think it matters, but I'm doing okay. my best. Sor- yeah. Soramicthes planips planiceps. Yeah, which a is scientist. a scientist. Exactly right. <laughs> oh, hang on. Let me just adjust my glasses. Push them up and. <laughs> Mm. Uh, it's a species of South American catfish found in the Amazon River Basin. Now, the local people who uh, love this fish, they love to catch it, but they do not eat it. Uh, it is not nutritious, nor does it taste good, nor do they catch it for sport, but they still love to catch this fish. Why do people in the Amazon River Basin seek out this unique catfish? I have three choices for you. A, the indigenous uh, Aymara people who inhabit modern-day Chile and Peru believe the fish is the reincarnation of the father god Inti. Catching one is a great honor, but mm. killing or eating it is a sin. That oh, is choice A. I'm going with A. I don't even care what the others okay. are. Great. All right. We're putting Allie <laughs> down for A. Uh, B, the fish has bright green blood, which is used to dye no. clothes no. and manufacture paint. Oh, God. That's no. choice B. You're psycho. Or is it C? The fish is dried out and used as firewood. What? I'm going with, with A. Okay. Allie, uh, baby A chooses A as it. usual. Um, uh, These are all ridiculous. I don't know, but I'll just go with B for variety's sake. Okay. Lindsay chooses green blood, uh, using as paint and such. We will find out what is up with this uh, weird catfish in the Amazon rainforest after this important commercial break. Hello, and welcome to the Two Girls, One Podcast Superstar Patreon supporters. These beautiful people have donated to our Patreon at the $10 or more level. And we'd just like to give a loving shout out to all of them. Thank you to Jerry Duran, Wesley Cordell, Jessica Fox, Matthew Scott Melissa Elliott William Jessica Kaibel Ken M Ian Kelsey Murray 
you can tell, all of the sexy ladies over here at Two Girls, One Podcast very much appreciate your support. If you would like to hear these luscious voices say your name on the podcast, consider donating at the $10 or more level to patreon.com slash 2G1P. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now a real missed connection entitled... To the girl who attempted a B and E this morning, M for W, from the number one dating website for alleged criminals, Craigslist.org. To the girl who attempted a B and E this morning, hi. I'm the guy whose house you tried breaking into this morning around 9.30 a.m. in Moore on Gale Street. Our conversation was short. You only said, Show me cash, show me cash. As you saw me staring back at you through the door blinds. Still, I feel we made a good connection, separated only by inches. The door and the two locks you were trying to pick. I gave you 15 minutes to make your getaway. You're welcome, BTW. I don't know if you are with a professional crew, but please don't try to break into my house again. I'd hate to shoot your cute, freckled face. However, if you're up for a legal encounter, I'm game. That's a great meat kit. You know? You know? about this because you know I have that friend who married a murderer and I'm thinking maybe I need to start committing robbery. Yeah. Well, maybe that is how I meet my husband. I don't, I mean, you, it's a real hit and miss because (laughs) a hit and run is that it? (laughs) Okay. We could, you know, arson. I don't know. I got to do something. I got to, no, you're white. You're white. You're fine. You can break in places and not get shot. Right. Uh, this last guy, uh, Ended things with me because he said that I wasn't, he wasn't that excited to see me, but maybe uh, I should light his house on fire. That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. There are a lot of guys on dating apps who are looking for a partner in crime. So you could just specify what kind of crime (laughs) they're looking to partner up on and then see if it matches up with what you're willing to do. No, I've been thinking about this because everyone's looking for a partner in crime and my friend took that too literally. It's so funny. You just like DM the person with that by you're like so bank robbery crypto scam what do you want to do so many dudes i'm like i'm looking for someone to lawfully succeed in this world with me <laughs> and it's not what people are out here for that's I guess. really funny partnering crime they say Shut it so off. much matt oh, see, it's on matt, every single has no idea i'm like unfazed it. by this because i'm like yeah every profile says that i want a partner in crime who doesn't take themselves too seriously yeah i'm sorry criminals yep. who don't take themselves seriously get caught <laughs> they want a girl 
just who can stay in and go out. I see those a lot too. <laughs> wow, bro. Just say I like long walks on the beach if you're going to put that shit in there. Come on. Just go all the way down the cliche hole, I suppose. And some people do. It's very, it's, very yeah. cliche. But anyway, a lot of guy friends of mine complain that some of the profiles are not real, which brings us right back Ooh, to well, that is topic. what we will cover. But before we talk about internet catfishing we got to talk about real catfish okay the real deal all right <gasps> there's a catfish Green there's a catfish in the uh amazon river basin that the locals like to catch is it a because the indigenous people think these fish are a god that is ali's choice is it B, that they have green blood and they are, that's useful for painting and dyes and stuff? Uh, that's Lindsay's choice. C, nobody chose that they dry the fish out and use them as firewood. That's so okay. weird. Are you ready for the, the correct answer? Yeah. Correct answer is the firewood catfish is a species. Oh, South my American God. Pime, pimeloid, pimelodid? I don't know how to say any mm-hmm. of this. Exactly correct. Huh. That's exactly correct. Known by locals along the Amazon basin as Pixe Lenha, which is, translates to firewood catfish, is so-called because it is of little <laughs> eating value and is often dried and used as firewood. I thought that was so fucking weird. That is so weird. That's wild. I. How do you even find mm-hmm. out? They're like, we were trying to roast mm, it maybe. to eat it, and then it just burned for four <laughs> hours. I don't know. And then it was inedible. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's it made of that's right. different than, why is this fish right. different than all other fish? Uh. Happy Passover. <laughs> that's you a know? great question. It's I would wild. I like to know as well. I could not, yeah. didn't have time to get fully yeah. down the wormhole on this one, but I found it interesting. I appreciate yeah. you even finding oh, the wormhole, Matt. All right. Well. I think it's time for us to dive deep into the land of catfishing and acknowledging the dick. (laughs) Welcome our guests today. They are far more legit than our regular guests, so you are welcome. Wait, that's very unfair to our other guests. Okay, I won't say that. We had a knight on here once, you know? (laughs) Go on. We've had Obama, okay? Episode 42. We also kidding. had the dad who runs an adult Bluey <laughs> fan group. Okay, let me let me That's not say true. that. That's rude. I do love all of our guests. Okay. We get we have a lot of kinksters sometimes, so she's yeah. not wrong. We're really getting <laughs> off track immediately. Is immediately. everyone having a good time? <laughs> so here we are with our guests. We have Jasper Jackson, the tech editor for the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, and Neve McIntyre, who is a tech reporter at the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. And the article that brought them to us is entitled, Please Acknowledge the Dick Inside a Catfishing Factory. Hello to the two of you. Hi. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. Great to be here as a very legit guest. (laughs) You're welcome. Although we will be talking about dick pics, so I'm not totally sure why this is any more or less legitimate. But can you just take it from the top for our listeners? How did this story come to be? Yeah, should I should I take this on, Jasper? Yeah, go for it. Neve, it's, you found the story. Yeah. So we came across this story because our tech team at work has kind of a particular focus on like precarious, low-paid work that tech companies kind of outsource to the global south and low-income countries generally. Through kind of researching those kind of jobs, which include kind of like things like data labeling and content moderation, image annotation, 
I kind of came across this like different category of job ads that were posted in, you know, some of the Facebook groups and subreddits where those kind of workers hang out. And they sort of described the roles as chat moderation. So I initially kind of thought they meant, you know, content moderation as we understand it, like removing harmful content from the internet. But it turned out that that kind of wasn't what it was at all. The ads were quite euphemistic. They kind of describe like, you'll get paid to work from home and just get paid for being on your phone. And then they (laughs) might mention things like kind of role play and like online fantasy websites. And then it's only really when you get to the actual kind of training portion of the job that you find the specifics of what the job actually entails, which is basically sending uh, mostly explicit messages to men who are usually paying around a dollar per message to talk to you and being paid very small amounts of money per message. Like we worked out, it's usually about six US dollar cents per message. Just to be super clear, the men are paying a dollar per message, but people are only getting paid six cents to reply. Yeah, that's like they're both kind of average values, but that's usually what it is. So yeah, you're making, the people running the sites are making like a ton of money because obviously you don't really have any significant costs because all your workers are like contractors and it's a it's a very profitable business so you kind of stumbled into it do you think that most people who start working at this thing sort of stumble into it or are they kind of getting told beforehand oh when you sign up for these kinds of jobs this is what you're going to be doing I think it's kind of a mixture of both I think some people probably genuinely are quite surprised when they get to the training and find out what it actually is. But then some people do know what they're getting in for and, you know, still choose to do the work and might be, you know, some of the people we then obviously started setting up interviews with workers and they included people who were kind of shut out of mainstream kind of employment for some reasons, such as, you know, like disabilities or caring responsibilities um, or, we spoke to a few people who got laid off during the pandemic and then like started doing it. The sort of the main countries where people are working these kind of jobs are kind of are countries which tend to have kind of, you know, less employment opportunities than richer countries. One of the things we could tell when we, we looked at the training process, because there's quite a demanding training process for a job that's meant to be quite this easy, is the descriptions of what you were going to be doing became progressively more obvious that you weren't just, you know, having friendly conversations um, with people who were just there to to have a lovely chat. Slowly, there were more and more things dropped in that made it very clear that you were extremely likely for most of the time you were talking on these platforms to be having sexually explicit conversations um, and being exposed to other sexually explicit stuff. What's interesting to me when I was reading the article is it sounded like You know, in the 90s and 2000s, when you're like up late at night watching like late night MTV or something like that, for all you Gen Zers, like MTV used to have music videos and then in between they would play these commercials. Um, I know y'all don't know what either one of those things are, but they would have like 900 numbers like chat, chat to live girls, you know, 
you would hear about people thinking that these were real people that they were going to get to meet and they would call in and ask for the same girl. And I'm looking at it being like, that's obviously, you know, you're paying for just for someone to talk to you. They're never going to meet up with you. And that's kind of what the websites are saying that they're selling. But obviously the people who are calling in aren't think that these are real people that they're chatting to. I'm sorry, chatting in, they think they're real people. It seems sort of in that same vein. Is that what you were kind of discovering from both sides? I was the one that that signed up to 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 do the job for a bit. And it's quite interesting again, in all the all the all the sites that we were able to link to the people who were paid to chat with the men, all the sites that we could find that the men were signing up to. And we think there are many, many more of these sites than the ones we found, but we found a load of them. And all of the ones we found of this sort of cluster had had disclaimers on them basically saying that all of the specific profiles with a specific mark on them, like a heart or something like that, either were just there to chat and would never meet up, that that they were, you know, potentially indicating sort of that they might be paid and they're not just there on a dating site, even though the rest of the site is all sort of geared up to suggest that you're yeah. on a dating site and that, you know, you could meet these women. But the two things that make that seem less than, you know, less than what it kind of seems, even though these these companies say, you know, well, we just assume everyone knows that they might be talking to someone who's paid. In the training and say when you do the conversations, it keeps saying, don't tell anyone you're being paid. <laughs> don't tell anyone you are not. So it has a disclaimer, but it's like, you know, when you take that medication and then it's like, it caused you to shit yourself. Like, but like yeah. nobody listens to that part. And, yeah. and some, some of the people Neve spoke to, you know, who are doing this job, um, you know, said that none of the men that they were, you know, speaking to ever read the disclaimers. And when I was doing it, it was very clear that certainly the vast majority, if not all of the people I was speaking to, when I was pretending to be all these different women, knew that they could be talking to someone who wasn't the person on the picture, with the name, with the age, with the location, with the background that had been made up for them. There were men on these sites who'd been talking to the same character, but they didn't seem to know it was a character, for three years. Wow. One guy who I ended up having to chat to had said he'd paid you know, more than $1,000 in messages. Um, this is not likely to be the, the behavior of people who are talking to it, who know they're talking to a revolving cast of different people. Yeah. Uh, you know, the theater dork in me wants to know that over, I wants to ask over the course of three years, how do all these different employees keep a character consistent? This is actually like quite a big problem for the workers on the site. So you essentially in the kind of user interface, you have like the messaging aspect um and then you also have a little sidebar where you write notes about your client and also about things that you have kind of described about the character you're playing as well so you might be like you know mike is divorced and has two kids and and you know he has this certain sexual preference or whatever and so the person who is taking over from you is supposed to read all those notes and yeah, like you say, kind of keep that character consistent. But in practice, it's often quite difficult to do that because you're basically every single message that you're sending when you're a worker on these sites, after you send one message, you kind of get rotated to the next conversation and you only have 
a small amount of time to kind of read all the notes, work out who you're supposed to be playing, and then, you know, inhabit that character or that voice. And that's before even getting to the fact that, you know, like people from all these different countries around the world who are working on these sites have slightly different ways of speaking English and yeah, syntax and all of those kind of things. That was one of the actual quite interesting things about the training process and actually like the requirements to do the job. They had quite high um, standards of English that you had to pass. One of the things that was most important was that you could spell properly and use grammar properly, not use sort of weird slang or even any slang at all that you might think was appropriate. And you know, while we don't have direct direct proof of this, we're pretty sure that the reason for that is to disguise the fact that you could be lots of different people speaking in different, you know, with different native languages. Because if you're if you've got a good standard of written English and you're using standard English rather than any slang, there's less indicators that you might be a different person or from a completely different place from where your profile says you from. You know, your profile says Texas, but you're you know, probably in the Philippines or, or, or you know, Latvia or whatever. Was there a lot of willful ignorance? Because I, f- I find it hard to believe that these messages would read very consistently. Or very intimate, you know, if you've been talking with someone for three years. Yeah. There may well be some willful ignorance. Quite a lot of the people I encountered when I was doing this and was talking to people and quite a lot of people... You know, the people we interviewed who have been doing this for longer periods of time in various different situations spoke to were frankly sad and lonely. I mean, you know, a lot of divorced mm-hmm. guys, a lot of separated guys, a lot of you know, people in care homes, generally generally older men, mostly, you know, mostly mm-hmm. pretty much 60 and up, but, you know, often 80, 90. So I think, A, there are two things. One, they are extremely hopeful and extremely, you know, pleased with the idea that this person is this attractive woman is talking to them and is interested in them two they're not generally that tech savvy they're not as attuned to the way maybe you know you know a millennial or a gen Z might be about the, the the things that come across in 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 texts that might give stuff away they might just pass those off and also you are trained to keep their interest the training process is all about keeping people on the hook so they send that next message and the way you do that is yeah, sometimes people by being sexually explicit, but also by trying to build a relationship with these guys. And yeah, it's difficult to follow the thread of messages and to get it all consistent, but you are very much, very much trained to hit emotional points in mm-hmm. order to keep people engaged. And if you don't do the emotional points, then you send them a, you know, sexually explicit message or send them a picture. To distract them. To distract them and hope, make them hope for more pictures and, you know, and you know, titillate them, yeah. One example they have in the training documents for if somebody has not replied in a while and they're clearly, you know, they've said like, I'm not paying for this site anymore, I want to meet up and you're not meeting up with me, etc. cetera. Um, one thing they suggest is you message them and say that, you've been in a car accident. Oh my God. Oh, wow. That's extreme manipulation. Wow. Can we just take a moment here to just paint a picture for our listeners? What sites are the guys signing up on? Where are they? What is their experience? Because so far we're talking about the back end in this, you know, essentially catfishing factory, but where are they going? I mean, I know you said dating sites, but I'm assuming this isn't like match.com. So (laughs) what's their experience? So... This is a bit of the story, you know, we still want to look into, to be honest, in terms of exactly where, you know, how men come across these sites everywhere. Mm-hmm. As I said, we, we identified one group, you know, cluster of these 
these sites that we knew we could tie to the same platform we were working undercover in. Yeah, they have names like onlyflirtshere.com, twomanceseductiveladies.com, you know, and... You know, all- I knew I shouldn't have sold seductiveladies.com when I had it. <laughs> an, it. They have got a pretty impressive uh, range of, of, of nice domain names. But, <laughs> but you know, these sites, the fun, fun thing about lots of these sites is that they're all... They've all basically got the same disclaimers on them. They they, they are run by the same company, uh, the ones we identified, and they have almost exactly the same design, but they'll use a picture of a different woman and maybe a different color and a a slightly different name. Mm. We think, although can't be sure, that these are being, you know, advertised in pop-up ads. Um, that's yeah. That's something we 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 want to look into a bit more. I hate to say it, but it's like anyone with a modicum of digital literacy would know that these sites are fake. But if you're a very lonely, you know, yeah. eighty year old man who yeah. doesn't quite understand how no the idea. internet works. I mean, I don't understand how the internet works, so there's that. How do these <laughs> older people even find this? These sites, they must be like advertised. Yeah, part of me is impressed, right? They're logging on, they're getting it together. Yeah, they're not figuring it out. Yeah, I mean, we all know the internet. You know, the first thing. Pretty much anyone who finds a Google search bar at some point, you know, is probably going to Google, you know, words involving sex. That's how the internet works for, <laughs> for, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what were some of the other guidelines you were told? So, you know, for instance, as you just mentioned, if they beg to meet up, you say you got in a car accident. What else? Oh, I, I can't today. You know, I've got the plumber coming round, or, you know, I've got to go pick up the kids or and then deflect. And then you're told to deflect. But then you know, ask a question, you know start to start to take the conversation in a different direction. One of the things is, so yeah, we've got these examples of men who've been talking for ages. The the profit margins on this are so so good and the presumably the scale of this is 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 so good that you don't have to get like a man to send more than like 10 messages. If he works out that he's sent 10 messages and it's a scam, he's spent $10. You can do mm-hmm. this many many times. So you only need to keep them on for a little bit. But other the other kind of messages yeah would be Occasionally emotionally manipulative, you know, I just don't feel comfortable meeting up yet. Why don't we get to know each other a little better? You know, I just feel like this platform's a great place to get to know someone a bit. <laughs> All those kind of messages. It's mm-hmm. basic I mean, it is very much anything to keep someone uh on the line and on the hook. Yeah. Wow. I'm also interested in the amount of training. So you in the article you mentioned that it was kind of short but extensive like intensive how how long is the training and it sounds like people do it for multiple sites it's kind of like uber drivers and lyft drivers you're doing both so if you're on one mm. of these sex chat platforms as a worker you're probably on multiple so what what is the training like and how does it differ from platform to platform if you found that out we only did the full training process as one of these people for one of the platforms called mm-hmm. texting factory which actually we think is similar to some of, is the same company as some of the other ones may have acquired one of the other platforms. That process, I can't give you the exact amount of time, but you you went through like training manuals, you know, with you know click through quizzes on what you're doing, etc., which was a process, and that took maybe three four hours tops. Um, but then after that, you had training with with effectively a supervisor who over Skype would mm-hmm. ask you loads of questions. You know, what do you do in this situation? What do you say in that situation? You know, what's allowed and what isn't, et cetera, et cetera. And then you had to basically do a trial, a trial period. You did get paid a small amount for your trial period, but it was it's effectively you would send first three messages, the the supervisor would check your first three messages. Then you had twenty four hours to send another thirty messages. And then 
she would check those are they good are you breaking the rules give you some feedback and then again another 45 messages which is your sort of final probation then you were let free on the platform for for, for to, to use it as as much as you as you wanted to uh, i think uh, yeah i'll let wow. Neve talk about the people doing the different places because one of the key things about this is is that these jobs are quite precarious. Uh, mm-hmm. But Neve spoke to lots of people who did all these jobs in lots of different uh, platforms. The thing with the all of the rules uh, that you have to follow is that obviously you can have some of your salary deducted or you can just be kind of summarily deactivated if you break some of those rules. Like, yeah, and I think it's a good comparator, actually, when you were saying with like Uber and Lyft, because lots of the people I spoke to were on multiple of these sites but they'd often been kind of deactivated from one site and then had to move to another and obviously there's not really you know you as a worker you don't really have any contact with any like real person who's involved with the management so you can't really dispute any of any of those violations that you're supposed to have committed and in that way, it is kind of it, it does have that similarity with more, you know, quote unquote, legitimate forms of gig work where you're, yeah, you're on this platform, but you can just kind of be kicked off for any time uh, without any like recourse uh, to wow. or accountability. That's so wild. And first of all, you would have to pay me a minimum of 30 bucks an hour to do any of this stuff. It's like <laughs> crazy how how much kind of work actually goes into this and people are making six cents a message. That's wild. But also, like you said, the people who are signing up are older people. Oftentimes they're lonely and you're getting trained on what to say and what you can and can't say. I mean, do people confess their love to these chat personas? And what are you, are you, do you say, I love you back if someone says that? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. There were and you know, I I didn't do this job for that long, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I was I was just doing it to see see what it was like and you know, gather information. And you know, I came across people who were in conversations. I'm trying to think if you know, there's at least a couple of examples where people uh, you know sort of used the uh, L word or certainly you know, said, you know, I care. Yeah, of course I care about you. You know, I you know, I, I I value you. I these were people in emotional relationships with people. Yeah, and you know, sometimes in some of those, you look back at the messages previously and. One of the previous people who've been doing this job had maybe been a bit too sexually explicit in the middle of what was actually, you know, a sort of theoretically intimate, caring conversation about their lives and needs and and how they felt about each other. Mm. Some of the other conversations were just much more explicit. It varied massively, but there were definitely people who were deeply emotionally engaged. Wow! I'll be honest with you, as as someone doing this, and again, I only did it for a little bit, and I, I I don't know what it's like to do this properly when you really need the money. But actually, I found those emotional conversations with with people who thought I was someone else to be actually the some of the most uncomfortable stuff I had to deal with. Yeah. Um, sending you know sex explicit messages was was in many a ways much less. Yeah. <laughs> What was your favorite or least favorite message that you sent? <laughs> oh God. Oh, that's a tough one. I think I think my least favorite one was a really emotionally manipulative one where someone wanted you know, wanted to, you know, get my contact details or and meet up. And I was like, you know, look, I'll be honest with you, I just I just feel comfortable. I've had some bad experiences with this taking things too quickly before. 
you know, you understand that, don't you? <laughs> I just knew that I was deliberately trying to tug on heartstrings, tug on an emotional connection to get to write a message that was along the guidelines of convincing people to to, to come back again. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm honestly not going to detail some of the more sexually explicit ones, which were less painful, but also a bit a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, how creative did you have to get in your sexting? <laughs> I mean, in order to get through the number of messages I had to send, I had to be a bit creative. Amazing. Well, d- now you understand what, how difficult it is to sext convincingly when you're really not into it. I mean, we've all had to do it, and now you've done it professionally. Have we? <laughs> I, I mean, have. I guess the worrying thing is that I, I know that I know that people have been trained how to do that very effectively. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine that these men must sometimes offer these people money, right? Like, for instance, when they say, oh, I got in a car accident. Do you know of any stories of employees taking it offline, even if they're not supposed to, and accepting that money? Because that I feel like that's got to happen. I didn't hear of an instance of that happening. But one thing that is like a major, major rule that you are not allowed to break, and they have kind of automated you know, keyword flags set up for is if you post a phone number or an email address in the chat, like that's a really serious violation because obviously they want the conversation to continue on the paid for site. Okay. So they basically have all these guardrails to make sure it can't happen. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I think it, 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 I'm sure it must happen, but if they catch you doing that, you're probably going to lose the job instantly. So workers are really very strongly disincentivized like not to do that Mm -hmm. this is super sophisticated because like these are the safeguards in all these sort of call center tech platform or gig working platforms like even like fiverr and like uber and stuff if you're like hey this guy is really good at video editing i just want to pay him directly here's my phone number the platform's like no no nope you can't do that because we won't get a cut then it's exactly that yeah yeah no for sure and i i think another thing one of the platforms i actually kind of escapes me which particular one it was but they have like a score for that worker Hmm. based on you know number of messages and quality of messages which yeah is very similar to like if you're you know doing content moderation or you're working in a call center or yeah any of these kind of jobs it's definitely has some of those similarities for sure this was the one we the one we were we 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 above the scenes of had a score and also you know i mean it's relatively sophisticated if the 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 guy wrote their email address or their phone number in the person working can't see it it's it's automatically asterisked out so i couldn't get in touch with that person if i wanted to it's taken out of your hands by the tech platform wow well something else that i found like interesting or worrisome from the article is that some of the men on the platform who are chatting in to these personas, they express like suicidal tendencies. And how are you trained to deal with that? And are you trained or they're just like, you know, be positive? <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely does happen. That came up in a couple of my interviews with workers. I don't think you you get much training to deal with it. A couple of the platforms have something called a panic room where you can transfer somebody who's kind of expressing those thoughts where in theory they will be dealt with by more experienced workers but I sort of very much doubt that those more experienced workers are going to be more experienced at you know 
chatting on these platforms. They're not going to be trained in suicide prevention. So yeah, it is really worrying. And it's something that it came up with workers. It's in the training document. So it's, it's clearly something that happens often enough that they have to kind of address it in some ways. I don't know if it came up in your training at all, Jasper. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't personally experience anyone who was saying that, but in the training, it came up and yeah, other things that came up, uh, you know, what you deal with, how you deal with aggressive people, how you deal with racism. It's quite clear that a lot of a significant chunk of the content and the messages being sent to you as a worker are distressing or you know, potentially traumatizing in a range of different ways. And yeah, you know, as we put in the article there, you, you barely know who you're working for. There isn't any kind of support network put in place for, for these people doing this job. Yeah, that's absolutely wild. <laughs> yeah. In terms of your work as journalists exposing this, what do you think would be the best course of action? Like in an ideal world, are these places shut down or are they run with, you know, worker support or and minimum wage? Or what, what do you think is the, is a solution to this? Work is work. And you know, frankly, there's nothing inherently wrong with this kind of work with with you know sex work with with making people feel better having a conversation with lonely lonely men who want someone to talk to what's clear in this situation is you have a combination of different problems you've got extremely low pay you've got limited support and you've got a lack of transparency and accountability for the people employing them those are all things that could and should be fixed with with better rights for for the the workers. One of the problems, of course, is that, you know, the companies employing people to do this, in theory, based in one place and employing people, you know, dotted around the world. And it's very hard to enforce worker rights in that situation, as is a problem with, you know, loads of other tech employment issues, you know, in terms of our digital economy, which allows people to work everywhere in the world. You know, there's great things about that, but also it weakens the potential for people to organize, to get their rights enforced, for people to have oversight of this kind of stuff. And then, in what I think is, I personally think is actually a lesser issue, but is still an issue, is that quite clearly this is deceptive, <laughs> deceptive working practices. I mean, it it may be that you know the the disclaimers make it a perfectly legitimate and and you know legal way to do this, but in my personal opinion, the way in which I was told to behave. I was only ever allowed to say I was a, a paid actor or pay or you know was paid if I was re- directly asked by the person, "Hey, are you a real human being?" When we actually signed up as a man on the other side and asked someone running one of these sites, one being the messaging, we asked that question, "Hey, are you real?" And they lied. They said, "Of course, I'm real." So wow. it doesn't feel like even if they do have these rules, they're enforcing those rules carefully among what that what that behavior is meant to be. So there's also this deception. I think that's probably less of less of a huge problem in lots of ways because you know the men are clearly getting something out of it. Yeah. But but I think end to end, this could maybe be done in a in a in a way that is legitimate and, and better for all parties. But quite clearly in the organizations we looked into and the sites we've we've looked into it just doesn't seem a very healthy ecosystem. Uh, I would do, I would definitely agree with Jasper that, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with this kind of work so long as it's kind of transparent about what the service actually is and who's providing it. I think probably if you start, you know, paying people a minimum wage that complies with the labour laws in whatever country they're in, 
probably the business model just like quite quickly doesn't work anymore because you might not you're not making such a big profit on on the messages so in in a in a theoretical sense i think yeah it is it it could be kind of reformed in a way that makes it better for everyone but then practically i'm i think maybe the business model just kind of wouldn't work if you did that mm-hmm. well i'm also curious about how they get the personas what like where do the images come from are they like ai created faces like who are the women that are the faces of these characters we weren't able to you know like find the huge cache of images which which they are definitely using as the source of these images and we can't rule out at all it's possible that they have all been acquired uh, entirely legally i mean there's you know lots of things people sign up to on the internet sign away your your ip rights to to your own image however we did find a couple of instances where some of the pictures of women were just found somewhere else on a social media site and openly available um so we don't know for sure that those images have been you know taken or something there are lots of different ways they could have got them but we're pretty sure they're real people for a start and you know a lot of the images are very explicit basically wow and i personally find it hard to believe that you would find this many people to be frank being prepared to let their image be used to catfish people on this kind Mm. of scale the fact is the people being paid to construct these profiles are not paid a lot of money. They're paid slightly better than the people paid to send messages, but they're not paid a lot of money. They have to make the profile. I think it's 25 cents per profile, which involves a name, a picture, a location, etc. And also, you know, clearly this is not a business that runs on huge costs. So it's, it's again, it, that's one of the mysteries we, we're quite clean to, to crack because obviously there are huge, huge privacy implications to where those photos comes, came from. Even if they have been acquired legitimately, are the people who originally signed over their image rights happy with the way they're being used? Yeah. Wow. Uh, what I think I'm hearing here is that we need to start an iStock photo for for sexy pictures. Yeah. And then we will be then millionaires. Then we would know. They, everybody would be very clear. Oh, yeah. My image is going to be used for very wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> for, well, for sex work, you know. This is one of those use cases where, you know, mid-journey and, and generative mm-hmm. AI actually great. Yeah. You know, if you can, if yeah. you can make up these images that aren't of real people, then you're not really harming anyone. I mean, except for the lonely guys on the other end, but yeah. Sure. But you're not, yeah, you're not breaching someone's privacy. If, if, if you are breaching someone's privacy again, we don't know, but we don't know whether people are happy with the, their images being used in this way. So maybe that's one great thing for generous AI in the future that we'll get lots of images of women in their bikinis that won't have uh, compromise someone's privacy as long as you're not using a real person's likeness yeah mm-hmm. it is time we need to hear about the dick pics i also just want to reiterate that the title of the article is please acknowledge the dick inside a catfishing factory <laughs> i mean it's 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 fun as a journalist when someone you know hands you your opening line and your opening uh, headline it's kind of you know on the face of it amusing but actually is kind of indicative of quite what this job is like when we signed up every day, when we logged into the platform every day that we were doing the job, every, you know, every time we re-logged in, a little message would come up. And the beginning of that message was you know, a couple of little emojis with um, Dick Picks 101. Please acknowledge the dick. And this is about the fact that if someone sends you a dick pic, you're meant to compliment them on their dick. If they talk about the size in inches, 
you're meant to compliment the size in inches. If they talk about their dick, you're basically meant to encourage them to send you a picture. Mm -hmm. And actually in the training, uh, some of the training material we we saw, it, it actually says if someone sends you this picture. So generally in the in the chats, these are kind of slightly blurred out. All the images are slightly blurred out if you go back to previous images. But in the training, it explicitly says you have to look at the image when you are sent it. You have to look at every image. Like you have to open it, like reveal it. Because they can tell if you haven't opened it. Well, no, I don't think the men can tell. But you can't compliment a dick unless you know what the dick looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Don't. Doesn't everybody just want to hear? Oh, it's so big! Wow. This is like doing a book report, and then it's like, come on, Lindsay, you did not read the book. You can tell. One hundred percent. You just you you just typed into Chat GPT. Yeah, you have to look at it. You have to look at it. Now I will do that. It wasn't you know it wasn't all nonstop dick pics, but I probably you know I probably saw as many dicks in the entirety of this investigation as as a standard woman on the internet you know gets unsolicited over a week or two. But you know it, it, it's it was a regular enough occurrence that I had a file of dick pics that I had as evidence for being sent dick pics. And it, it, yeah, I had a fair few few options in there. Was there one that surprised you? Like, which dick were you like, damn, that's a nice dick. It was a lot of old man. It was a lot of old man penis. Yikes. Mostly. How many dick pics were you sent? It was only about somewhere, you know, just under a dozen. Out of how many chats? Like, what's the proportion? Something like, uh, God, I think I sent something like 70 messages. So, you know, one in 10 oh. maybe. Wow. That's kind of high. A little okay. more than one in 10. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you were sent a lot of old man dick and then you had to reply things like, looks great. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Well, if you, if you reply, thumbs up emoji. Oh, oh God, that's horrible. He's not going to send you another message. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So what did you respond? <laughs> well, some guys like that. Did any of them want you to insult their dick? Oh, that's true. I am glad I did not stay on the platform long enough to find that particular game. <laughs> Likely story. That's a really great picture or, or, or something, you know, and then try to move the conversation on. Interesting use of lighting. <laughs> like, what? I'll, I'll remember that one for next time I, I do this. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a man on the internet. I don't get sent that many unsolicited dick pics. Some guys had dick pics as their, their actual, uh, their profile picture, which is a bold move. But, but very grinder. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. What has the response to the article been so far? One of the obvious ones was, "Oh no way! You're, it's so surprising that these the people behind these sites are fake." And obviously, yeah, we. But this is, you know, this is from people on the internet. This is, you know, people on Twitter. This is millennials, etc. We do all know this. Yet there's obviously a thriving business for it, and it's quite a clear indication of how, you know, potentially older boomers really do live in a different world on the internet from the one we live in. I've also had, I've had at least one person reach out directly to me to, you know, say thank you for the article uh, who did who did the chat operator job. I don't know, Neve. You, you, did any of the people you spoke to get back to you, and, and what did they say? No, they were all like broadly pleased with it. I think, and then yeah, the only other thing I remembered was that we were in a bitchy gossip email in the UK called Pop Bitch that kind of slagged off the story a bit, <laughs> but you know they still put it in the email. So did you say slagged off? Oh yeah, sorry, that's a very British turn of phrase. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> it means like insulted. Sorry, mm. they talk shit about it. <laughs> okay. And I know you mentioned there were a few things you guys wanted to look into further. So what are your next steps with this? I'm still really interested in the companies behind this. We know a bit about them, but we don't know know everything. Uh, and I'm I'm really interested in you know, 
getting a, a better handle on where all the pitches have come from. You know, was it a legitimate way of getting them, etc.? And I'm really interested in where these sites are advertised because, as I said, you know, where are men coming across these? These are bits of the puzzle that we hope, you know, uh, we can fill in. If anyone out there knows any of that information, please get in touch with me. Jasper Jackson at the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. Yes. Mm. If you can figure out how to spell Bureau, which I can't. <laughs> I, I have two degrees from Yale and I could not do it. <laughs> nice. Well, I'll, I'll handle the spelling here. I mean, I'm also wondering, did you in your course of working this job ever play the same character twice yeah once or twice uh, not very often if you do the job more you are more likely to be dropped into the same conversation okay and every now and again a couple of times but not very often every now and again i was dropped in as the same person but you know people don't do this job for huge amounts of time and they don't do it at the same hours i was often having to work you know late ideally you work late at night so you can talk mm. to american men during like the evening mm. you know while sometimes you'll be having a long conversation it's definitely not the norm interesting interesting well thank you both so much for coming by and enlightening us on the importance of acknowledging the day our favorite topics catfishing and dick pics <laughs> I mean, what I've found is basically that old men, I guess all men, and little kids of all kinds are the same because little kids are like, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. And all you have to do is look at it and be like, yeah, hey, that's great. And you don't even have to say anything specific about it. And that's how men are with their dick pics. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> They're like, here's my dick. I'm talking about my dick casually. Do you want to see it? Sure. Show it to me. They send it and you're like, that's great. Good job. And then you can move along. It's like crazy. Just pat him on the head. Yeah. Pat him on the, <laughs> pat him the, on the head dick. of their dick. I have so many thoughts about this, this interview, which was amazing. But, you know, the sadness, the loneliness here of mm -hmm. people yeah. of any gender, but obviously this is old men who, who are missing intimacy in their lives. And they're so desperate and sad that they're being tricked and fooled. And maybe if they even are, they even know it's not real. They're still like, I just need some sort of human intimacy. So I'll pay, you know? So my, my two questions are, you know, if we just make sex work legal and prostitution legal, then not does this go away, but like, you know, then no one has to pretend you can just pay for what you need. And then Everyone gets what they need, you know, people, sex workers yeah. get money and they get lonely money. people get intimacy. Well, right? the thing that we didn't talk about is some of these chats are extremely violent as well. And that's the problem mm -hmm. sure. with sex work. If we make it legal and then we kind of yes. also make it safe. It's not just making it legal, but we also have to make it safe. And we have to destigmatize it because a lot of yes. people don't want to pay for it mm -hmm. and then are pay for it, paying for it or they want to believe that they're getting it on their own and it's like mm -hmm. it's a whole complicated situation totally uh legalize it regulate it and then somehow move the social needle to make sure that it's uh yeah we got a couple things like, to do just a that's couple. a lot of work okay <laughs> there's there's a lot of work to get in there but it, it's the first thing we need to do honestly is make men better <laughs> like we need to socialize men better because if they weren't so sensitive and then when that sensitivity was pointed out violent then sex work would be so much easier to integrate into society right. but because of like the socialization of men and the way they turn violent once they feel threatened or insulted by even their own thoughts 
and they turn it on the most vulnerable person around them is the actual problem with why mm-hmm. sex work is not just something that could be a part of the world. Right, right. Yeah, it's complicated. And I obviously agree with you. And also, like, what if it's not socialization? What if that's just the nature of men? What if that's just how men are? Not mad out here saying men are bad. Male chimpanzees <laughs> will fuck you up if you get in their way or take their mates or take their food. Like, that's just what they fucking do. They're animals. Don't you know, take their mate. Don't take their food. Let's just mm-hmm. make sure that there's enough of everything for everyone. Yeah, totally. Radical. Well, hey. Radical. That's right. Which I, I guess I'm like, I'm looking at where the chicken and the egg is. It's like if you make sex work and you make this stuff available to men, will they stop being shitty? But the, and then you're also saying, but we also have to fix them at the beginning of their lives so that they're not shitty to begin with. You know, and I yeah. agree with both of those. But, but it's I mean, it's, it's definitely hard. nurture over nature, in my opinion. Not okay. me standing for men thinking that y'all are worth it. But mm-hmm. like, you know, there's all these studies that are like, oh, you just brought up chimpanzees. Okay, yes, maybe genetically they are the closest to us. But if you put a ball under a cup, they have less object permanence than dogs. So it's like... Oh, chimps? No way. Y- I don't y- think that's true at all. But, uh, but I wa- I saw it on 60 Minutes, Matt. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, there's it's not exactly the same. And humans have a higher capacity than every other being on the planet to regulate themselves and us saying that it's nature over nurture is freeing men from the ability to regulate themselves, which they totally have that ability and we just train them out of it. Sure. I love this philosophical discussion because it's like, well, where does that training come from? Society, which it does. But like, where does society come from? From the nature of human beings to do human animalistic things, you know? So like, it it folds in on itself as a as a discussion, which I just find very fascinating. Yeah, well, it's the things that have been prioritized as values in society. You know, sure. I mean, capitalism is trash, but it's working yeah. for some people. So the people that it works for, they have a disproportionate influence over society. So they continue to tell everyone to value those things, even though yes. it's not like the best. Yeah, so, totally agree. Markets you know, are not compatible with yeah. human nature. Exactly. I, I agree with that exactly. f- fully. And that's a, that's a key piece of this that we need to undo. So, yeah. And uh, Allie's uh, like, why aren't we talking about the dicks? <laughs> I, I, listen, I <laughs> just letting things happen over here, you know. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to pivot again. <laughs> Wait, here's my other burning question that I want to get your take on. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, generative imagery and art and video and tech, everything. Well, obviously, we've covered it and it's coming and it's here now. If we can stop stealing naked w- w- images of women and just generate them and then satisfy the kinks or the whatever of people who are, you know, fill in the blank. I'm not going to say certain words, but like if we can generate pornography for people who are, you know, on the outside of society, like does that help or fix anything or is it still bad you know what i mean i I think it's a little bit better like if i can generate violent pornography to satisfy a kink isn't that better than committing violence to then create the pornography does that make sense i think so i think it's a little bit better but then we're in like didn't they have problems like this in blade runner like then we just have (laughs) to make sure that the ai aren't sentient because then you're actually abusing something else i just mean like humans using generative art to, to to satisfy uncomfortable problems does that you know dangerous what I mean? yeah 
yeah. Did we talk about this? I can't remember, but I think that would be an excellent use of this kind of thing because, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, I, my biggest sadness in life is how many children are harmed in, right. in the world. And yeah. I think that a lot of people who harm children were harmed themselves. And it's like you said, it, there's a, there's a little, there's a lot of stigma around being like, I have these bad thoughts about children. And mm-hmm. it's like, who do you tell? Like, nobody wants to right. hear you talk about that. And then right. you have no way of addressing it or dealing with it. And so if there was a way that these people could like sort of get that out and then they wouldn't have to harm in secret the people around them. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be me trying to develop this method of treatment, but someone should do it for the greater good. But damn, it's that's a rough go. But I think mm-hmm. that that would be like primary. I would I would want someone to figure that out first. It has to already be happening, which is also a dark you know, like there are things going on that we can't even, that are not even being covered right now. You know, you, that's my, also my yeah. concern yeah. and worry but, I mean, about it's it It's not happening as a tool of treatment, which. No, I, certainly not. Like, no, I, no, it's happening in dark places of the yeah, internet and it's, yeah. it's going to pop out soon enough. Yikes and a half. Yeah, but there, there are a lot of things that we need to destigmatize in order to like better deal with them. Yeah, there's so many, so many different issues that are just sort of driven underground and then that's where the additional abuse happens. But I don't know. There's also something like people like to be transgressive too. And I don't know. I I just think if there was a safe way for people to work these things out, then they wouldn't do it in a bad way. There's a really interesting like TikTok that was going viral. There's, there's, I guess like a woman who has some kind of condition. So she's like in her twenties, but she looks like, I don't know, nine. And she like has a boyfriend and everyone's like, he's a pedophile. And like, this is horrible. But then there's other people being like, isn't this kind of the ideal thing for a pedophile? Like, this wow. is, she's of age. She wants a boyfriend. That's really like, interesting. She, yeah. Like, yeah. It's so fascinating because like, or is she supposed to just be alone or is this a match made in right. heaven? You know, yeah. <laughs> she's really an wild. adult and she has the capability to make adult decisions. So it's not clear. It's obviously it's, not pedophile. Yeah. That's yeah. super interesting. And also yeah. the problem with pedophiles <laughs> the one problem Go on. the one problem with pedophiles no one of the one of the problems with pedophiles is that they want a child because children can't really they 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 mm. are taught not to say no to adults you know they are physically and mentally less independent but I think some people are just like attracted like dan yeah, savage that's... talks about how like that is such a fucking curse and he feels for these people it's very fascinating right. whenever that makes it on an episode i'm like I am like all ears because it's so interesting. He's like, if that's truly who you are, like what a fucking curse, right? Yeah. And you can't talk about it. You can't even tell like your therapist or you're reported. Something is off with you though, because attraction is for like, a, a, a nine-year-old is not prime for procreation. That's like not even what sexual attraction is built for. So there's something right, off. Right, but what are you supposed to do if that like is what you're attracted to and you're, you can't talk about it to anyone? But but I think if you report it to a therapist, need they help. have an obligation to report you, right? Well, yeah, but only if you're planning around a child. I, I think if you say, I did this thing to a child, then you're reported. But if you say, I'm attracted and I don't know what to do, I, I don't know. I, I hope yeah. there is an out. There is an yeah, avenue for th- that person. Th- you, ha- you get You'd treatment. have to find a very um, liberal therapist, I imagine, yeah. to be yeah. safe with that. But sure. But anyway, um, old lonely men and their dicks. Um, yeah, I was wanting to talk about those dicks. Like, yeah. what, mm-hmm. like, what do old 
dicks look like? What's the <laughs> oldest dick you've seen? I mean, we could Google image this, but what's the <laughs> oldest dick you've been personally sent? I am certainly not going to Google it. But when you when you, an old dick gets hard, is it still wrinkly? <laughs> like, or does it get full like uh, a young dick? I don't know. It, it transforms instantly into a young dick and it looks great. That's cool. That would be cool. That's well, what I want just to what happen. It's just what happens. I can't because eventually I'm going to be old and I'm going to be having sex with an old dick. And it would be cool if like my old husband's dick was just full. But you'll love that dick because it'll be your husband's dick. And the balls will be at his <laughs> knees. But I think the dick itself. <laughs> yeah, those them balls would just be stretched. Your titties will be at your knees. It'll be fine. Your titties and his, and his balls can hang out. Titties and testicles. That's true. We know for a fact that ears and noses like continue to I grow and that. sag. Yeah, forever. Yes. I think ball sacks and boobs are the same. Mm-hmm. It's like they just continue to grow and get longer and droopier forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why, like, the you know, an older person's face is, like, disproportionate to, or, like, you know, when you're a kid, the children have tiny noses and tiny mm-hmm. ears, even mm-hmm. proportional to their head, yeah. and that's and why they're so cute. cute. And then o- an old person is, like, has these big ears and noses, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm heading that direction. I'm almost there. It's also weird how the hair growth transitions. Like, old people have no hair on their head and so much hair in their nose and ears. Right? That's weird. Yeah. It shifts down. Yeah. It's weird. That's unnecessary. <laughs> this is why I don't believe in God. I, why? Why would? Why would we do? Why would we be designed this way? Come on. This is. This is. What are we doing? I just don't believe that we're intelligent life. I don't think we classify as intelligent life. Anyway, uh, yes. So. <laughs> I loved that interview. I love that there, I mean, I love and hate the fact that there is a catfishing factory. It's not surprising at all. If the pay was any higher, I would sign up to, for the experience just briefly. Yeah, I would totally do it for 30 bucks an hour for like a week. I'm into I would it. do it for like even $10 an hour, but like not six cents a message. Well, yeah. You're doing it for free on Hinge right now. So I, I don't know. You what know what? Is. Really good point. Really good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am doing it for free. Every day, and not getting paid, well get not paid, working yeah. out, might as well. Yeah, no, that's like really valid. Well, I got some things to do. We'll see you later. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford, then downloaded by lonely old men around the world. I mean, produced by Matt Silverman in New York City. This episode was edited by Avital Ayler. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.